and we are live welcome to the train like a ranger podcast today i have a very special guest logan lewis welcome to the podcast logan thanks bro i love being on this i've watched a couple of your podcasts this is uh an honor and a uh, big fan oh man i appreciate the support uh fan of yours as well logan runs a uh a company ceo ceo and founder of black flag nation um he also focuses on prep for uh, all things Ranger and uh, in the military. So um, you're you're exceptional at Instagram, by the way. I'm uh, I'm always following your posts. You got some good IG content, uh, videos, super motivational, and you have some really good um, lessons down in the caption. Yeah. So uh, when I when I first started this whole thing, I was like, man, I kind of want to. I don't want a post just to be a picture, and you know like a lot of Instagram pictures, not to blast anybody or anybody like that, but like they'll, they'll just throw up a picture and they'll say like a two, two word thing. I was like, man, I really want to apply like things that I've learned in the military. So, and life skills basically. So it was like something I wanted everybody to know or something I could pass on. So it kind of like took our page from not only prep, but also we're talking about leadership and, um, and mentoring so like we've changed our mission from being just straight prep to now providing leadership guidance and life skills to leaders in the future to prepare them for you know wherever tomorrow's war brings them yeah it, it's a great slogan and i uh i i want to highlight your accomplishments and um and more about you so logan is uh was in the 75th ranger regiment and uh you spent some time in the old guard and uh now you're an ri in uh florida phase and and i tell people all the time about my ranger school experience i i thought i was going to be a straight through guy and when i got to florida they said psych twice and i did uh florida three times so um when i heard you were a florida ri i almost uh i almost declined this podcast <laughs> i'm kidding hey, i invited him <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you, uh, so in Florida phase, it, it's, um, it's interesting to watch the Ranger students, uh, go from, uh, you're telling them it's like, Hey, they'll, they'll go from check the box kind of thing. And then they get to Florida phase trying to continue that same mentality. But then we throw like wrenches into the system. We're like, Hey man, you're going to have to be a little bit more critical thinking. And guess what? We're not going to give you a bunch of time. So we, uh, they, definitely learn time management in Florida phase for sure. And then they start realizing the boxes that they have to check and some of them that they can skip over just to make the time management. So it's kind of fun. It's fun seeing some of the crazy stuff that Ranger students do in Florida phase. So it's like, all right, that's cool. I bet. I, yeah, I, you know, I think Florida and and I might be a little biased because of my experience, but I, I do think Florida was the hardest phase out of the three. Um, in your opinion, what what do you think the hardest phase is? I'll say physically, the hardest phase would have been mountains, just because you're walking the mountains and everything. Um, I wouldn't really say so. By the time I made it to Ranger School, I was already in Ranger Battalion for like three years or two years. I was in two years, had three deployments, so I kind of knew what was expected and how to do things. And I kind of worked and finagled how to work the game. Um, and once those guys kind of figure it out, but I say the hardest phase was probably Florida or not Florida phase, but a uh, mountain phase, just because it was like the physical aspect was right there. It's like you're climbing up mountains all day, you're tired. 
you're extra tired because you're going up mountains all day. So yeah, I would say mountain phase for me. A lot of people say mountains, um, and in mountains is brutal. And and you think going up would be worse than going down, but in my experience, it's it's equally as bad whether you're going up. Oh or yeah, down. absolutely, absolutely. I've had more. My my toes would be all scrunched up going down. Oh yeah, going down downhill is way worse than going up. I don't, I don't care who you are. It's it's way worse. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, when we would make our patrol bases on like the side of a mountain, we would have to, you know, sometimes we'd have to put our bodies up against trees, but definitely our, our rucksacks and things uh, up against something so that it didn't roll down. And when it started rolling down, uh, sometimes it went way down. Um, oh, yeah. So chasing that was fun. Um, for or you days. got the uh, rain, the rain, and you have like the river coming in between in, in between your patrol base, and you're trying to stay dry and everything, and that water's just running straight down your uniform because like everything's rock up there, so the water just trickles down, and while you're laying down, is just rolling through your uniform, and kind of just you're just like, all right, whatever, I'm so tired, I'm just gonna sleep like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and winter, winter definitely changes the game. Um, between the two i uh i was there for summer and stayed through the winter now granted the winter i did in florida but i hear the guys who were in mountains they had a just an awful time um so uh yeah i want to talk about a bunch of things with uh with ranger school with you obviously but uh we'll kind of start from we'll start from the beginning so i do want to talk about your military career um what got you to join the military and uh and we'll just kind of talk through your experiences as you go and tips you have. Oh man. So what started my military, uh, life's like my, what got me into it was kind of like my parents, uh, they were both police officers and I kind of grew up in like that kind of style. Um, and so I kind of grew up with that and then hearing stories to grandparents and stuff that fought in World War II and Vietnam and so on and so forth. So from there, it was kind of like, I was kind of destined. I just didn't really have a set uh, path at the time. And uh, I, want, I used to want to be a fighter pilot. Like I wanted to be Iceman, man. That's all I wanted to do. Oh, Iceman, yes. Yeah, um, I wanted to be Iceman. I didn't want to be Maverick. I wanted to be Iceman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think, uh, so I was in seventh grade in 2001. And uh, the towers fell. And, you know, you're, you're a 12 year old. Uh, yeah, I think I was 12. Um, but you're a 12 year old kid walking down the, the hallways, empty hallways, because, you know, they canceled school for that day. But my dad was like in the schools, he was the resource officer for that. So I'm still like hanging out in the school and I'm walking down the hallways. And I'm just seeing all the all the things that are going on in the TVs and all that. And, I, and like a fiery rage kind of I, I still remember this to this day. Um, a fiery rage came over me and I was just like, you know what? I want to make this personal. I want, I want them to see me coming. So from that moment on, I decided that I was like, all right, I'm not going to fly jets anymore. I'm going to be an infantry soldier and I'm going to go, I'm going to deploy, I'm going to join and I'm going to go kill these guys. Um, because how unsafe I felt that day, I, I, remember I that. took it personal. I remember so, watching that on the TV as well. That was, uh, yeah. Great, yeah, crazy it was, day. Yeah. It was a it was a eye opener for a lot of us that remember that day, 
Um, I just didn't feel safe for the first time. I was like sitting there. I'm like, is a plane going to come crashing through my, you know, mid Midwest high middle school that I'm in, or am I going to, you know, whatever. So it was just like that rave. It was like, I don't want to be scared anymore. So from there, it kind of snowballed into being a, a ranger. Like I, I wanted to be an army ranger and then going through high school, you, you talk to the recruiters and you know, I'm, I'm six two, probably 150 pounds in high school or 160 pounds in high school. And you come up to these recruiters as like a sophomore or junior. And you're like, Oh yeah, I want to be an army ranger. And, uh, recruiters would like laugh at me. Seriously. They'd be like, yeah, okay, kid, get the fuck out of here. Go away. I was like, no, seriously. I want to be an army ranger. Like nobody's going to tell me I can't, I want to be an army ranger. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever kid. Um, but then through, uh, got senior year, and uh, walked in. I was like, I want to be an army ranger. And again, got yelled or not really yelled at, but they were like, go away, dude. Like, you're not going to be, there's no way, like nobody's ever going to like, you're not going to be a ranger. You don't fit the profile. And I'm you know, 160 pounds soaking wet, maybe could probably barely do 50 pushups could barely run because I never ran. I played high school sports, but you know, you never ran two miles in high school sports. You did sprints and shit time. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was the moment that I decided that I wanted to join and all the way through high school, uh, told a bunch of people that I wanted to join and kind of got laughed at throughout my entire time. Uh, and I just, I just stuck with it. Uh, refused to take a, a no for an answer. Wow. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you you had it in your mind going into it that you wanted to be an Army Ranger. Um, and the information I feel like on Army Rangers, staring more into what you do now, the information on Army Rangers used to be a lot more limited. There wasn't as much information back. So yeah. going into it, did you have any idea what you were getting into? Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I had no idea. Uh, I was I was oblivious to what was going on uh, and then and it wasn't until i uh finished doing the asvab it took me two times to do the asvab uh the first time i i think i got like a, a 102 or something like that and i was so discouraged and i was i was to the point to where i was pissed off and uh i've said this before like your parents kind of like Hey, you know, like they try to console you and tell you, Hey, you can, you can take it easy. You know, it's not, it's okay to not make your goals right off the bat and you can always strive to be better. I was like, no, fuck no, I'm going to do this. So I buckled down for like a month straight, just studying books. Like I, I dude, I had five as bad books. I was paranoid. I was taking tests in the back. I was doing all this stuff, learning as much as I could. And then finally went in and took the ASVAB the second time and made it, got a 105. And uh, they were like, holy shit, you can get 11 x-ray option 40 contract. And I was like, fuck yeah. Um, so then still didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, went through basic. And again, you know, you're dealing, like they know who the option 40 guys are. They're always like, hey, uh, you're not going to make it because those guys are you know i couldn't do it and i'm a drill sergeant and look at me you know you're not gonna make it there's you know i did this and this happened and all this other stuff 
And I basically just sat there and I was just like, no, I don't, I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep on going. And so I went to RIP. And well, so I went to basic and I went to airborne school. Airborne school was kind of surreal for me because I didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, what, what do I do with this school? It's a gentleman's course. It's like, I don't have like somebody yelling at me all the time. So That's right. Like, yeah. It was like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and I know probably for you, like uh, probably for you when you went through, it was probably the same way. You're just kind of like, what do I do? Yeah, it was the first time in a while anyway that we had any real freedom. And so, yeah. I mean, we just went over to uh, to the to that subway. Across, I don't know if that subway was across the street at the time, but they yeah, had the, the game. subway. Yeah, they had that yeah. gaming area, and we go play video games all the time. For me, it wasn't even a gaming area. It was a. It used to be a bar in 2008. Oh. It was a bar. Like guys would go there and drink, play pool, and that's what I would do. I wouldn't go there and drink because obviously I was, I was 19. But uh, we we go across the way and go in there and you know play pool for the whole night and then go hang out in the barracks and do that stuff or go out to eat in uh for or out in columbus yep so but i remember when we graduated like all my friends are separated they're all seeing their families and everything i'm standing over over there in, in a formation man and the tambourines come marching down down the road to come pick you up and they're just put your bags over your head, do this, do that. And you're just like, what um, did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And then they take you on for that long run. Well, it's not even a long run. It's a mile down the road that you're carrying all your, all your gear and everything. Everything that you own is in these three duffel bags and you got a rucksack and stuff. And then you run down there and it's just, it, it was like overload. I had no idea what I was doing with my life, but I knew I was like, there's nothing any of you guys can do to make me quit at that moment. Like I was like, I haven't quit anything in my entire life up to this point and I'm not going to start now. So, and that was just my mentality. I was like, you can, you can sit here and you can bad mouth me and do whatever you want, but you're not going to get me to quit. Sorry. Yeah. It, that was, that was my, mood a lot of the time too is i i kind of viewed everything as mandatory i never really saw it as hey you have this out or you have this option like they would bring it up but i just never saw that as as something i could do i was like oh no i have to do this you know this has yeah. to be it so yeah so that uh so what i tell a lot of newer guys that are going into the rasp world and they're like hey i got a rasp contract or how do i make it through rasp and I tell them the same thing that I, I tell, you know, um, people going to high school or, you know, I tell people that are like, hey, how do I be a better leader? And it all starts with just doing it today. All right. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just do your best for today. Uh, don't focus on the, you know, six month goal or the, you know, two week end goal or whatever it is. No, it's today. And then that's where another saying that I have, it's like, Hey, you, you'll quit tomorrow. I'll quit tomorrow. All right. But tomorrow's going to come and it's going to be today. So tomorrow's never going to come for me. So I'll just continue to say, I'll quit tomorrow. And you just tell guys that it's like, Hey, it's, you really just don't focus on the finish line. If you look in front of you and the finish line's two miles away, you're going to look at it. And you're going to be like, shit, I got so far to go. But if you kind of like, bring your eyes down just a little bit and like look about hundred meters in front of your face 
you're only going to make it 100 meters every single time. You keep on going that 100 meters, and eventually you're going to get to the end. That's, that's what I tell everybody. I like that saying. I'm actually uh, I'm going to steal that with your permission. Um, the the I'll quit tomorrow. Uh, the one that I used to say all the time is, for better or worse, this day's going to end no matter what. But I like that because it's like, I'll get through today, and I'll quit tomorrow. Yeah. Give you ju just that, that glimmer of hope. And then tomorrow is today, you know, and I like that. And it, it's the most sarcastic thing because I would go through and and, it, and that originated uh, in ranger school with one of my buddies, one of my best friends. And him and I went through RIP and we went to Rangers, uh, Ranger, uh, Ranger Battalion together. We were in the same company, same platoon, and we were in the same companies or same company, same platoon, same squad. And we went to Ranger school together with another squad member. So it was me and two other dudes from the same squad that ended up in the same platoon in ranger school in the same company. So we're just sitting there and we're like looking at each other and we were, it was kind of like a joke. It was just like, Hey, we'll quit tomorrow. And they're just like, yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, man, this is, this is nothing. We'll quit tomorrow. And it was just kind of a joke, but uh it made it made total sense uh just to say it because it was like hey today is not the day it's tomorrow right yeah i we had something a little similar as me and a guy from third bat anytime things would really suck he'd walk by or i'd walk by him and he'd be like this is the last damn time is what he used to say this is the last damn time meaning meaning we kept telling each other like for better or worse this is the last time we're going through this phase even though both of us knew that wasn't true. It just was getting right. us through the phase. Because if they said do it again from the beginning, I would have done it again. But just hearing that from him, I'm like, yeah, it's the last damn time. Just get you going. So it's almost like that. I'll, I'll quit tomorrow. I like that. I like that one, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, you talked about getting into um, going through um, RIP. And uh, so I went through RASP. I, I went to RASP and I kind of want to talk to you about, about RIP a little bit. Um, you know, the Cole range, uh, the guys who went to RIP, they really, really, uh, dive in on the Cole range. The Cole range was, uh, was challenging, but when I hear it from RIP guys, it's like, uh, it's a monumental event, you know, uh, Cole range. So, uh, yeah. So Cole range, every, everybody in regiment has a Cole range story. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of like, it, it's our one thing that we all, that's what I believe, how I believe is why we are all so close to each other is because we have a whole ranch story. Yeah. Um, cause we know how bad it really sucks. It, yeah, it and suck. it's kind of unknown to the world. Like everybody knows about the seals hell week and everything. And everybody knows about, you know, um, the Green Berets, they have their, you know, selection process. Nobody really knows about the, the Cole Range, man. And the Cole Range is, uh, that's where we lost, in my class, we lost two-thirds of our class in Cole Range. And it's just constant fuck-up games, hitting the wood line. And a lot of people don't understand what the wood line is. Like, the wood line's a quarter mile away. So yeah. you're running there and back. So you're doing half-mile sprints there and back for infinity times, however long you're there. And it, it was just, 
it was painful. It was really painful. Uh, and the, the cadre just made it really painful and they really pushed you to your limits, like mentally and physically, like mentally, I think that was the closest I ever got to breaking. Um, and it was just like, Oh my God, this is, and it's just a massive amount of pain in just short amount of time. And then they're just messing with you. Uh, and then they, they build the fire. When did you go through uh, RASP? I think I got there in May is when we officially started the class was May. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was December. Oh yeah. So <laughs> okay. Different, it different was, animal. It was, it was cold. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't do cold. I think that day, uh, I literally told myself that I would never do another military course in the winter ever. <laughs> and I, I held true. I held true to that through ranger school because I'm a summer baby all day long. And now that I walk in the winter as an RI, I am a baby about it too. I'm sitting <laughs> yeah. there suffering just as bad, but I just swallow everything I have to let the ranger students know that I'm not sucking as bad as they are, right. which in reality, I really am sucking bad. But um, yeah, it was, they, they would spray you with hoses. They would make you bear crawl. Uh, they make you, they, run into the wood line was to build their fire and they'd build this big fire and they'd stand the formation uh, away from the fire and they'd just be like, Hey man, just quit. If you guys quit, you can go to the fire. You guys can eat. You can do all this stuff. And we all knew that we were going to eat eventually, but it was like, when are you going to eat? Are you going to eat six hours from now? Are you going to eat four hours from now? When, when is it going to happen? So and a lot of guys just couldn't, they were like, yo, fuck this, I'm out. And they would just quit. And, you know, then the RIs would just sit there and tell you stories and badmouth you. And then you just see guys quit. Like, dude, it's like, they're like, I can't do this. There's no way I would ever be able to do this. And I'm sitting there as a 19-year-old kid, just like you were. And you're just like, no, I'm going to make it. I'm going to keep on going because there's nothing else for me. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was a it was a painful time. Cold range is one thing that, for now, I think, will keep us all good together, and like we all can share those stories. And then the deployment stories come and everything. But yeah, like um, I sent one of the guys from the old guard to uh, RASP. He was one of the first guys I trained just before Black Flag Nation happened, um, and he made it through. And so we're talking about. I'm sitting there. I'm 31 years old. He's 21 years old. He's one of my ex team leaders. He's come, he comes back because he's PCSing out. He's got his tambray on. And me and him can sit there. And a 31 year old and a 21 year old has something in common to sit there and talk about for three hours. Yeah. Nowhere else will you find that. Yeah. It is, it is very unique. Um, it's, it's great. I, I think it's, I, I think it builds brotherhood that we all have, well, some of us have, um, but for like your company and my company, we, I think this right here just proves that we are willing to, you know, put every like competition and everything aside and being willing to give those guys the future and the information that they need. And that's what this is all about is creating a brotherhood. We're creating our next brotherhood 
And that's what I want. I want to be able to have those cold range conversations when I'm 60 years old and there's a 21 year old kid. So you got a 60 year old guy sitting there talking about his cold range to a 21 year old. Yeah. And, and that really is a testament to, to Ranger Regiment and the way that our mentality is. I don't see that very, um, I don't see that all the time when it comes to veterans, but whenever, when it comes to Rangers, if I reach out, uh, to a ranger, it seems like they'll go out of my way, out of their way to help me. And this might be somebody I don't know at all. Um, you know, there's been several times that on uh, that people have come out to help me just because ranger, right? This guy's a ranger. Let's see him succeed. Yeah. Um, and same thing, you know, you're you're on here investing your time. You have your company, which focuses on military prep. I have mine, that which focuses on military prep. And it's like you said, I saw what you were doing and I said, uh, Ranger, this guy's putting out great things, uh, especially especially in the leadership realm. Um, very uh, war focused, military focused, leadership focused, and and I think that's something that you bring to the table. And I think it's important for guys to go into this and look at whatever they can get, whatever information they can get their hands on, and uh, and really dive in. So uh, glad to have you on, and we're going to talk more about this prep stuff, but. Uh, but yes, if if you guys are wondering if your best interest is ever in mind, you have two guys who are on the same channel here trying to open up information. Yeah. Sorry. 100%. Just, just trying to give them the information to be successful. Like, if it's your way, it's your way. If it's my way, it's my way. But if it's our way, we can't be wrong. Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's the goal. Like, I, I'd rather somebody be forthcoming and be like, hey, uh, I'm looking for something different. And I'm like, well, have you met my friend Daniel who runs Train Like a Ranger? He's a great dude. And uh, I've actually followed your page for a while. How long How long has been Train Like a Ranger been around? Uh, I started it back when the pandemic really is the pandemic that kind of kicked it off. Um, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I started it. Actually, I started the social media that November, but it was just kind of something that I, I had lingering for a while. So November 2019, but I didn't really do anything with it. I didn't even make it public until the pandemic. And so yeah. I would say website launched in May. And that's when I would say it officially became official. So May, May 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So September 2020, I was like, all right, we're doing And it wasn't even my idea. It was just kind of somebody that was like, hey, man, you got a great thing going. You should you should do this. And I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but I... I knew your page because you'd always throw out the memes and I just sit there and chuckle about it. I just like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. That, that's uh, all I knew how to do at first was the memes. So it was, I was like a, a meme page for a while, but I, eventually I got to where I built the audience and I was like, okay, let's start doing yeah, more yeah. professional content. You know? And I think, I think you're doing the best for our community right now i think you're you and hero games and some other guys have like podcasts that i enjoyed listening to and it, it's just like the leaps and bounds that you guys have come to just getting to where we're at now is great and i kind of i kind of snuck in there somehow i got lucky uh apparently some people just like to hear some of the stuff that i have put out and uh that's that's all that's all this is all about um we're not like, yeah, are we competitive? Absolutely, 100% competitive. But at the same time, we're willing to set, a, set aside our differences 
to get the customer the best service they really need to be ready because that's what we're doing. We're building the next generation. That's, that's exactly what right. I want to do. That's exactly I want to build the better, I want to build the better leader physically, mentally, and get him ready to go. Uh, at the same time, you're trying to do the same thing. So, I mean, let's do it together. You know, that's kind of like the mentality. It's like, okay, let's do it together. But at the same time, we're still competitive. A right. Bit. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's a good, it's a good way to, I think it's a, it's a good friendship to have. I think this is going to be a great thing to come forth because I have somebody now I can represent, like I can give you somebody and just be like, Hey, this guy needs help. I, I tried my way is not really working. So let's do it your way. And that's, that's kind of, it kind of goes into the leadership. One of the leadership things I teach is being humble enough to know that you don't have all the right answers. And the moment that you sit there and you're like, no, I have all the right answers. And you're sitting there, you're, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the guy that is, that needs to learn or needs something more. So being able to sit back and be like, okay, Hey, I don't have all the answers that you need. Uh, I can try to get them, but also here's a guy that might have all the, have the answers that you need. So that's, it just comes down to being a better leader also. Like you're a good leader, I'm a good leader because we're able to set aside, you know, our rivalry or whatever because we're both prep programs for the better of the consumer. That's all it is. That's what it's about. I agree. I agree. And likewise, and and uh you know, that being said, I uh I wanna I wanna dive into kind of um some concepts. So a lot of these guys they're coming in, a lot of them that are watching this are probably just all ranger right um so you know uh i want to get into the ri stuff because i'm actually really excited Let's to talk to you about that so first of all you talked about this in, a, in another podcast i listened uh to uh one that you were on and you were talking about getting into ranger school from ranger regiment and uh and i think that's an important thing to highlight so can you talk about the competitiveness of getting into ranger school as a ranger private all right, so the competitive, like a lot of people don't understand how competitive this really is. Yeah. You're talking about, let's say, so I got into my company and I got into my platoon and there was like 16 guys ahead of me to go to ranger school. That's, that's 16 months that you're looking at. Now, it took me two years to get to ranger school some of it was self-inflicted because you always, they always dangle the, uh, hey, you want to go to deployment? You want to go to ranger school? I was like, I want to go on deployment. Right. So uh, finally I was like, they were like, hey, you need to go to ranger school. So I wasn't really given the opportunity to like, it, it finally got to the point where we're like, hey, you're getting to the point where you're the most senior, but you still have to beat out these guys, like three or four other buddies. So you're sitting there and you're competing. And let's say, you know, you get, you score a, a 300 and your buddy scores a 300. Okay. Well then the first question comes down is like, all right, well, who ran the five mile faster? Oh, this guy. Okay. Well he gets the ranger school slot and it's, it's frustrating to be like that. Like you can, you can max that doesn't guarantee you your spot, Like you have to beat everybody out. And not only are you competing against guys in your platoon, you're also competing for it in your company. So you, now you got to focus on, second platoon and third platoon who are they sending can i beat those guys yeah i can beat those guys we're like fuck that one dude 
that just does more push-ups than me. He does like 86 push-ups and I'm doing 83. And he beats my ass all the time. Yeah. And it's like, crap. So like a lot of people don't understand it. Like, oh yeah, you just go to ranger school. I was like, oh man, you, you really got to try for it. It's like, it's a fit. I've seen guys fist fight. It's like, okay, everybody's tied up. So uh, the guy that gets to go to ranger school between these two, all right, who can make each other tap? The first one taps or the first one that gets his buddy to tap goes to ranger school. And, and, I, and I'm serious. It's like, it's like that. And people are like, oh, that's barbaric and everything. I was like, no, oh, man, it's, it's about who wants it more. Do you really want it? Are you going to let your buddy tap you out? Because if you're going to let your buddy tap you out, then yeah, you don't deserve it because the next guy, he wanted it. He wanted it more than you. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what it was like. Um, and I, and I, I think that's a good thing making it a competition because those guys go to ranger school and they're least likely to fail, least likely to quit. Um, and a lot of them succeed. A lot of them do succeed. Some of them make mistakes along the way and they recycle so on. So, but a lot of them make it through. Like you made it through, I made it through. And so, so did a hundred thousand since 1974 make it through you know it was just how it is but uh it, it's a very competitive game and it's it's brutal sometimes yeah it is and and you highlighted that perfectly because there's like multiple tiers to the competition you got to compete within your team um you know if you're infantry guy i was a ford observer so if you're infantry guy you're competing within your platoon you're competing within your company, right? Then at the PT test level, um, and there's only so many slots. There's only so right. many slots. There might be, uh, you know, I've seen a bunch of people doing the PT test, and there's only ten slots. So there's only ten people yeah. getting picked. Yeah, and it's even worse. So the cool thing for you is like it's even worse for uh, like supportive roles. Like if you're in a support, and you're not eleven Bravo, and you're competing. Like it's even shittier for you because it's like, no, we got to give it to 11 Bravo. So even though you may have been like the top tier dude and you beat all these guys out, they're like, no, we need to send these guys because they're 11 Bravo. 13 Fox isn't really a priority right now. Demand. And so like for you, it's, it's even harder. Like you're talking and then think about it. Medics, medics that go through, I've seen medics come through and I'm like, bro, that is awesome. You're, you're here. Welcome to Florida phase. You made it. All you have to do now is don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, and that's, that's what it is. Like where, where you're coming from as in a supportive role, it's a lot harder because not only are you not familiar with the infantry tactics, like I was like, not saying that you didn't know what you're doing, but the, the application, your chances of application versus me was limited. Oh, for sure. Where, yeah. yeah, like I did, you know, knock out a bunker and raids and all this other stuff as an infantryman, and you're you're sitting there controlling aircraft. So it's two different two different worlds coming together. But then you go to ranger school and you're still successful. That says a lot about the organization. Yep. I yeah, and that's that's an important uh, note because Ranger Regiment kind of tries to focus on a little bit of everything. Like we we attend some things, but we're not doing the shoot house every day, like you guys are no. going to the range all the time or, you know, that infantry specific stuff. So there was definitely uh, a learning curve at Ranger school. That was a little bit of a hurdle. And that is something to expect as a support guy, especially if you're, um, I mean, any of them, but medic forward observer. Yeah. You, you move with, with 
uh, other people, but you're doing completely different things. You're, as a medic, you're focused on medic-specific stuff, Ford Observer, uh, you know, yeah. the fire support. And so it's, it yeah. is harder. Yeah. In that way. And when, and when the bullets, when the bullets flying, you're, you're on the radio, making sure you're coordinating with aircraft and, you know, the medic is listening to the radio to listen to see if one of the guys is hit. And, you know, you got all these guys, the mortar men's waiting for the commander to call out fire missions and stuff like that. Where as it's for me, I'm thinking about, all right, where am I going to flank from? Am I going to flank left or am I going to flank right? You know, so like my decision making is a little different than yours. So then when they, like I was a private when I went through, but by the time I went to ranger school, I have done that. I've, I, I was in firefights. I, I did flank from the left. I did flank from the right. I did do near ambushes and stuff like that. So I was, I was a pretty seasoned ranger at the time and all i needed was the credentials to step up into it so like when i went to ranger school i knew every i knew what was required of me every day and it for the soft skills you didn't really get that because you had other uh requirements that were required of you when the bullets started flying because some of you guys got to drop bombs and that's the coolest fucking thing i could think of it was like when you get to drop bombs bro it's that, that to me is like you sitting there and you're just listening to an FO calling for fire from a, you know, a, a B1 bomber that's coming overhead and you're just like, oh my God, that's so cool. And you're just like, and then the, uh, the two words that come out, Delta Charlie, Delta Charlie, danger close. And you're just like, oh yeah, we're really going to feel this. It's awesome. Yeah. So I always, I always liked my support guys i always wanted to like be their job but at the same time i wouldn't give away my bloody bravo slot and doing what i was doing so heck yeah 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 um yeah and that's definitely and then when it came to definitely the uh the administrative part of it like the um the op word frag or even the frag word i was like what is going on like i had no idea how how any of that was structured or so there is definitely some uh some learning curves i would highly advise and i'll let you talk more about this but i would highly advise um especially soft skill guys to dive into that ranger handbook um because there's and, and try to understand as you know battle drills and things like that as much as you can because wasn't as much of an emphasis for you know soft skills yeah, and and if you are in the soft scale, if you're a medic, um, if if you're anything that is not infantry or uh, haven't done any, any experience, all you really have to do, and you have to find the right leader. For me, I was always that you know I was that team leader that if somebody came up to me and was like, "Hey man, can you teach me how to do a battle drill?" I'd be like, "Yes, I will teach you all day. I come here, little Padawan, sit down. Let me show you." let me show you the science of the Rangers, you know, and you, you just got to find that one person that is skilled in that. Sometimes it's they're fresh out of Ranger school. They're willing to teach because they have all this knowledge, grab the guys that came straight from Ranger school or have been in the infantry world for a while and just be like, Hey, teach me. And uh, if he's a good leader, he's going to sit down and he's going to realize that, you you mean business and you really want to be taught. And if he's a good leader, he's going to sit down with you and teach you what you need to know or want, want to know. And it should go vice versa. You know, I was an 11 Bravo guy and I'm sitting there with a medic and I'm like, yo, teach me everything you know. Or, you know, I would sit with the RTOs and I'd be like, hey, teach me how to talk on a radio. And then I'd get on the radio and I'd be like, uh, hi, 
you know, stuff like that. Sure. But it's good to branch out. It's good to know every aspect of everything that's going on around you, um, especially in ranger school. Granted, you're all doing infantry tactics, but it's good to know, hey, if I'm this squad leader, this is my duty, this is my job. If I'm PL, this is my duty, this is my job. You know, knowing that, and it kind of bleeds over. So like, if you're always consistently trying to learn about certain things, you're going to seek it out if you don't know it, especially in ranger school. And there's going to be guys in ranger school that are going to go, all right, man, let me show you how to do this so we can get our go and get yep. the fuck out of here. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and uh, something ranger school does too, uh, for you guys who, who want to know what to expect, they put you in, like you said, different roles. You got team leader roles, squad leader roles, platoon sergeant, uh, platoon leader. And then you also have like medic roles, uh, Ford Observer, RTO. Um, yeah. So everybody kind of shifts around and so you get you you get real uncomfortable you know no matter where you come from you kind of get thrown in these other roles and they're like all right now do this whatever the day is it's a roster number and a position and uh for me being being put in the pl position for the first time uh i didn't make it by the way <laughs> that was a no-go <laughs> i mean, I mean usually me. usually the guys that we throw in the pl position that's uh specialists and below there we're we're sitting there and we're going man this sucks for you (laughs) but it's not it's not personal we know it sucks for you and we're just like yeah this sucks but i still gotta grade you that's standard you still are you still gotta be able to perform exactly but uh yeah i mean that sucks i think the highest that i did in ranger school was weapon squad leader so i think that was the highest like rank i did and i volunteered for it so yeah uh just to help a buddy out that got platoon sergeant i was like oh man let me help you yeah, and so that being said, as far as Ranger School goes, you touched on some, but what are your key do's and don'ts for Ranger School? Let's do like three do's, three don'ts. All right, so the do's. This kind of on the spot. Uh, Sorry, I've got to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, 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 you're good. You're good. All right, so the do's, I would say this is strictly for Florida phase, all right? The do's. Uh, manage your time well. Uh Actually, so everything in the military we go through is a two-thirds rule, right? And so when you're doing the, or one-third, two-third, so you're planning two-thirds and then you're, or planning one-third and giving your guys the two-third rule. So give your guys the time to prep and everything. Uh, so continue, so do that. And then dues is, uh, oh man, uh, another do would be, when in doubt, so when you're when in doubt, lean on communicating with your team or squad or whatever it is to get the right information. If it takes a little bit longer, then take that little bit tactical pause and get the right information out. Uh, don't don't be lazy. Don't fight with your guys nothing comes out of fighting like i've seen platoons where they would yell at each other all the time and they just don't work well after that and uh also let's say don't uh don't be vindictive like guys guys would be like well that guy fucked me on my go because he wouldn't do this well he's probably doing that because you did something to him so don't hold a grudge against each other just get the fuck through the school, get through the field problem, 
conduct the actions on because sitting there as our eyes we're we're laughing we we think it's kind of funny and comical when guys are like yelling at each other and we're just like at least somebody's but we see it too we see uh platoons that are just lazy we're like this this platoon doesn't communicate and they're lazy and you know all this stuff and it takes that one guy that's uh an e7 in the army and he kind of like snaps out of it he's like oh my god i'm e7 in the army why am i doing this why am i acting like prior hey all y'all motherfuckers need to start fucking doing shit so yeah just do your job um that's all it is and stop don't bicker with each other you guys are going to be tired everybody's going to be tired understanding everybody's tired and just do the job at hand focus on the day-to-day shit and you'll get tomorrow, you'll get to the next day and the next day and the next day. It's only 10 days, 10 days for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's a great point. I, I would say my three, I'll throw in three do's and don'ts on the fly too. I don't even know. I didn't prepare this by the way, but, um, dues. Yeah. <laughs> dues. I would say, uh, go into it with, uh, with the attitude of, of course, we all want to make it straight through, but um, expect a marathon, not a race. Uh, be prepared to adapt to whatever comes your way. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's a straight through thing. Um, two, look out for other people. Um, I think if you focus on getting other people their go, focus on, obviously you want to get the grade too, but if you focus on truly uh, getting everybody else their go, that's going to translate to you as well. Um, and then I would also say, you know, just uh, it's going to be you're going to be hungry. You're going to be tired. You're going to be irritable. But it's like you said, uh, just being as now I will say you're going to feel like you have no personality sometimes because you're just absolutely drained. But, you know, be as positive as you can be and uh, and embrace the suck, as as we like to say. Um, my my question to you is. How much weight did you lose while you're in ranger school? I had an insane metabolism. So whenever I left, I was 19 years old. Um, I weighed about 155 pounds or so whenever I went into ranger school. Uh, I think I got down to probably probably 130 less. Uh, I looked really gross. I remember in mountains, I saw myself in a mirror one time, and I didn't want to look at myself again. Like I would, I would just wouldn't look at myself when I was in the mirror because I did not like what I was seeing. And somebody saw me in mountains and they were like, oh my God, dude, what happened to you? So it's just, I lost so much weight, dude. So I went overseas and I was in, I was overseas. So you always put on, like you're working out really heavy and you're, you put on weight. I was 205 pounds when I went to ranger school. I came out of ranger school at 152 pounds. Sensei. So I lost, I lost a shit ton of weight and I came out and I looked, like people were like, oh, you look like you're from, you know, concentration camp. I, I, I had ribs. I, dude, I was, I was skinny as all get out because I was literally just like, my body was so used to taking in so much calories that as soon as I stopped taking in that much calories, my body started going into like, started eating itself hardcore. Yep. And you just keep that going. And I just, I would, I shedded that weight and probably like the first 12 pounds was water weight, but still I shedded like muscle and shedded all that fat and everything. I was, that was miserable. So dude, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be tired. Just continue on. You'll be all right. 
that's the hungriest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, for sure. And I remember one time in particular, let's talk about a don't, okay? Don't drop your MRE cracker with cheese on the dirt. All right, because no. I did I did that. You ate it? I did. You ate it. I ate it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Little gritty, but uh I was not gonna lose that. Uh, I used to use everything in there. And uh I, I, the recipes that uh Ranger students come up with is pretty oh, creative. Yeah. Um is there any in particular what? that you were like super good at or that you still use? Oh, so to this day I still take my chili mac and I put my cornbread inside the chili mac. Oh yeah. And I mix the uh chili powder and everything in there and I melt the cheese and put the cheese in and mix it up to die for. It. <laughs> it's the best best one out there. Uh probably the best one I've ever seen is uh my buddy one of the guys I went to ranger school with from my my squad, he saved up the Cinnabons. He saved up two Cinnabons, uh, the like a little uh, sausages that came in, one of the sausage pancake, I don't know what they came in. Yep. But then he also had uh, vanilla pudding. And he, so he mixed those, made a sandwich. And I'm sitting across the way and I'm watching this. He's eating this thing and the it's just oozing down. He's like picking off his uniform, eating it and everything. I was like, bro, that looks so good. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, it was, it was so good, dude. <laughs> right. It was, it was probably the best sandwich I've ever seen in Ranger School. Oh, uh, that sounds awesome. I used to make uh key lime pie with crushed crackers, water, yeah. coffee creamer, and sugar. And I think, I think that was uh, all the ingredients, but man, that was, uh, it's creative. Did you ever do apple pie? Did no. you do apple pie? No, what's the apple Bro, pie? Ap apple pie is you take the apple slices, crush up the cracker, and then you take the apple cider and you put it inside there and you mix it up, heat it up, put peanut butter inside. What? Oh, dude, so I missed good. that one. You guys are going to so find good. out. You guys so are going to find out. Um, and I remember the the blueberry pancakes. Remember the the hyped blueberry pancakes in Mountain? I, I got strawberry pancakes because when I got to Mountain Phase, they ran out of blueberries, so I got strawberry pancakes. Oh, man. Was it still good? Uh, yeah, they were still good. But then uh, I went back in 2016 or, 27, or 2015, 2016 to do, like, training up in uh, Mountain Phase, and we ate there. And everybody always tells you, they're like, hey, don't eat the pancakes because it ruined everything for you. Well, my dumb ass ate the pancakes and it ruined everything for me. So take it from, you know, a 14 year uh, veteran. Don't eat the pancakes at Mountain Phase if you're just there to eat it for fun because it will ruin everything that you've ever thought. Oh, because, okay, because so, it's a way, because it's, you're hungry, right? So it tastes yeah, so much you're better. Starter. I've yeah, heard that from it, somebody else. Oh, it, it tastes phenomenal when you're, when you're there. But then when you're, well nourished and you're not look and you're used to eating like the fluffy pancakes from IHOP or something like that. It it's not as good. Like I'd rather go to Waffle House and eat a waffle from Waffle House than I would eat there. That was and actually nothing against those nothing against those fine ladies up there that take all their time out to cook up there. You guys are saints and I love you while I was at Ranger School, but the the pancakes just weren't for me at uh, when I was just there to train so it wasn't that great that was my follow-up question because i i've heard somebody else say that they went back maybe maybe this was all at the same time but somebody went back and tried the blueberry pancakes and they're like dude it wasn't the same you know no it's not the same it's it don't and don't do it don't be like hey i'm gonna do it for science no no 
Everybody's done it. It's been proven. They're not good. Oh, Dick. Yeah, and they're I, probably not good for you. Yeah. When we went through, those were the best pancakes I thought I ever had in my life. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you're sitting there and you're just and the same thing with uh Florida French toast. Yep. Had that? Not the same. Not the same. Not the same. <laughs> oh man. Not the same. So I was gonna ask you about this because uh you know I've heard uh it, well just obs- observing our eyes, it seems like kind of a brutal position to be in. Is it is it tough? It can be. Um it's all based off of the schedule. Um Sometimes like each company will have like maybe one platoon and they'll have a little bit more relaxed schedule. But if we have two platoons, guys are really working 30 days or 30 hours on 18 hours off. And then we're back out there walking and doing stuff. So it, it gets pretty brutal. Um, you don't have a lot of time to like work out and focus on your own physical fitness, uh, which sucks. Cause I rely on the gym very much to be successful and like for my own mental, you know, sanity i need to work out sometimes but um yeah it it gets pretty it gets pretty grueling sometimes guys do get really tired like at the end of one class we're just sitting there we're just like what the hell but then you know sometimes we'll have 10 days in between classes so we have 10 days to kind of like gather ourselves up and kind of get back into the groove of everything and kind of recover but then we're right back into a class but sometimes there's classes so these next few classes that we have, we have four days in between. So by the time the class leaves and graduates, we have four days to prep for the next class, next class and go right into it. So uh, yeah, it gets pretty exhausting. By the time the guys finish here with three years, they're they're pretty broke off. Like they're like, okay, I'm I'm ready to go do something else. Um, and there's not a lot of us here and. That's just how it is. Um, so like, if you want to be an RI, you gotta, you gotta prep for it. It kind of sucks, but the cool thing with it is the reward that comes with it. You get to sit there and you train tomorrow's warriors, the guys that are going to be taking your spot in the future, or that are, are looking at being an RI. Some guys come here at C6s, they get their tab. And then six months later, guess where they're at? They're in Florida phase or they're in Darby phase or they're in mountain phase being our eyes. So yeah, the trade-off, the jobs kind of sucks, but the trade-off and the reward is way better. You know, when guys hit me up on black flag nation, they're just like, Hey, Sarn, you know, I had you, you know, everything that you taught me, it was great. I loved it. Thanks for everything. That makes it so much more worth it. It's like, man, I'm doing something right in this world. You know, I'm, I'm doing right by somebody else. I'm being a better leader by you know training these elite guys and anybody's like oh they're not elite it's like no that that's ranger school is kind of an elite school like a lot of people don't make it it's like uh it's what a 60 percent fail rate yeah throughout and I, so and correct me if i'm wrong but i i heard one time that only 14 percent of the initial class make it straight through yeah does that sound right yeah that is uh, that is 100 percent true yeah um, and, but it's, it's just cool to see that. And, uh, and then teaching them while they're out in the field and showing them how to do certain things and thinking critically and stuff like that, and then watch it click. 
it's it's rewarding. It makes it all worth it. it makes all the thirty hour walks with them, you know, sucking and sleeping out in the middle of the in the woods with them because we're sleeping out there with them too. That's now, right. Granted, we're a little, we're a little bit com- more comfortable, but you know, we have a job too. But at the same time, we're sitting there, we're stressed, we're stressed out because we're making sure fifty to forty five to fifty guys don't get hurt. Somebody doesn't die, you know, this stuff. So it's very stressful when you're, and there's only three RIs that walks with a, with a platoon. So there's three guys for 50 dudes and you're responsible for these 50 dudes. So it's a little mentally taxing and you're just trying to do the best by them, even though it doesn't seem like you are like, everybody's like, Oh, my RI was a dick. It's like, no, he's probably a dick because you were doing something wrong. And he didn't want you to do that because either one, it was going to, it was a safety issue or two, it was probably going to get you a no-go and he just didn't want you to be like that or something. It, and that's what it comes down to. Like we, every RI that I, that I talk to and I hang out with, we all give a shit. We're, we're here to train tomorrow's warriors to be successful in tomorrow's war, whatever that war is, you know, Russia's right there, you know, I don't know what the war is going to be, but I'm going to try to get you the best tools to fight that war. Because honestly, I got six years left in the military. I'm not going to be here forever. So I'd rather be training you guys to be ready for it. And that's that's what we're trying to do. All of us. That's incredible. So and it's a good time. You know, we you told me you're all right, man. That's a, that's a tough job. And, and you got to be turned on when you're out there. Turned on. You got to... You're responsible for, you know, everybody who's out there. And Sleepy Ranger does crazy things, wanders off oh, yeah. in the woods. Guys are getting separated. You know, it's. Uh, I'm sure that's a lot. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see guys who'll be like, "Hey, let's take the let these guys." I've seen it happen. It's like you got a hundred meters worth of woods, and we're all sitting there. So, by the way, if you don't know, our eyes. We when you guys are in your patrol base and you're about to leave, we have your whole day planned out. We already know exactly where we're going to hit you, how we're going to hit you, where you're going to take IDF, how you're going to take IDF, you know, all this stuff. We have your whole day planned out before we even get out there. And basically how you react is how we, we grade it. Um, but so I've seen it where, you know, as soon as the sun touches the horizon, Ranger shuts down, like gone. And I'd be sitting there and, you know, we, we have an officer who is like the PL walker. He's grading the PLs and everything. And he's like, yeah, I just want to get them in the woods for like a hundred meters to see if they can land out through the woods. And I'm just sitting there like, don't do it. Don't do it. Cause every single time we put these guys in the woods at night, they will get lost. And sure enough, I'm walking behind the lead dude. And I'm like, Ranger, where are you going? He's like, uh, I'm like, Oh my God, it's a hundred meters. <laughs> You just got lost in 100 meters. All right, everybody was like, follow me, get out of here. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty interesting to see what uh, Sleepy Ranger comes up with. It's yeah. funny as I've never seen anything more funny in my military career than Sleepy Ranger. I bet that's so entertaining though to be on the on the other side of it. Um, well, uh, that being said, you know before we before we uh, depart on this podcast. Um, is there anything that you want to leave people with before the end of this podcast today? Yeah. Um, 
you and I, we're, we're in the same industry, but we're here to train people for tomorrow's war. Whatever your war is, I don't care, you know, if it's, you know, getting a PR in the gym, if it's, you know, hey, I got a job at the house uh, or I got, you know, something or if it's actual war, hit us up. We're, we're here to train you for tomorrow's war. We're not here. I'm not here. He's not here for our self gains. We're not here to gloat on social media and be like, oh, look at us. Look what we're doing. No, it's actually genuine. We are trying to step out into the community and help you guys get the best information that you can, get you one leg up to be successful in these schools to where you, if you want to be the 1% of the 1%, come hit us up because we're going to give you the tools necessary to be the 1% of the 1%. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. And I, I think that's very clear in what you do and, and uh, you know, how, how you present your business. I see the successes. I see what you put out to guys and, uh, and you coming on. I appreciate you coming on your time. Um, much uh, yeah, sincere. Man, it's, been it's been awesome. Great conversation. Uh, it's been a sincere, uh, sincerely, a lot of love and respect for you. So, Thanks for your time again, uh, guys. I'll, I'll leave all the links to him down below, and uh, and thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, brother, I appreciate it. All right, see ya. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, if we haven't made it abundantly clear in this episode, we are both here to help you guys. So whether it be workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, um, and informational content, you can check out myself at trainlikearanger.com and and my team or uh, Logan and his team at Black Flag Nation. Um, I'll leave all relevant links in the description below. So be sure to check all that out. Uh, Logan's always putting out solid content on leadership. And especially if you got questions about Ranger School, no better source to go to than a Ranger instructor. So uh, be sure to check him out. Uh, and thank you guys so much for tuning in and, and your time. So we sincerely wish you guys the best and reach out if you need us.